never run out of bad guys. There's always a new Hitler. Uh, There's always a new Hitler. That's the one that they're always saying. And this is um, it, it gets it gets stranger and stranger as we find uh, as, as we we Americans. I mean, I say we, but obviously you're not American. But you end up with situations where Al Qaeda or Al Nusra is on the good guy's side. Azov Battalion is fighting a good side. Azov Italian is the good guys, and then the Russians are the are Nazis, we're, we're, things like that, like ideas like that we hear, and it's just it's it's very strange. And this, th- I think, this leads to, or it can be related to your other, the third pillar that you try to base this on, uh, of the mindfulness, which is in the U.S. now talked about sometimes in ways that uh, seem sort of shallow or uh, almost trendy and corporate in a way but uh our mutual friend peter del scott his new book is called in mindment and it, it's in it's on, deals with similar themes as what you're talking about here can you explain why you place such importance on this idea of uh being mindful and uh yeah, being mindful let's say yeah, the the concept of mindfulness, you know, is 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 being circulated among you know CEOs to just you know be more performing in 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 your enterprise, or it's being used by sportsmen to have a better performance on the tennis court or or wherever you are active. But it's also something which is important for the peace movement because really mindfulness is not just something for people who do yoga or who who are vegans or it, it really is something which is important for all of us because the concept as I see it can be described, um, you know, imagine a waterfall and the water is really just your thoughts. And you can't really stop a waterfall. I mean, you know, the water is just, you're going down and down. And every second you watch it, it's just more water coming down. And when we get up in the morning, usually it's the alarm clock going off and tack, we're awake. And then there's a few thoughts coming into our mind, like, oh, am I late? Or, oh, no, I have an easy morning. I I, I can relax for an hour and or I can do this or that. Or, oh, no, I should write this email. And then, you know, thoughts start to penetrate the brain. And we get the first messages in our, on, our, on our phones. And then we're on the computer or in the car. And we get a lot of information, which is basically coming through our ears and through our eyes. It's 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 these two, two channels that we get it. And this information, you know, um, keeps us busy until we, we, in a rather exhausted manner at the end of the day, go to sleep again. And the next day, you know, it starts again. And mindfulness says this waterfall um, with these thoughts is an interesting thing because you, you're not able to stop your thoughts. I mean, I'm not able to stop my thoughts. Um, they're just coming. There's new thoughts and other thoughts. And the mindfulness training, which has been going on for for, for years and decades, and, uh, you know, it was basically a French thing, and now it's become more mainstream. But the mindfulness thing is, you can't stop your thoughts, but you can observe your thoughts. So, Aaron, the idea is, if you totally identify with your thoughts, you basically are under the waterfall, and the water basically hits you on your head, which might be agreeable for, for 10 10 or 20 minutes, but after that, it becomes painful. And then the idea is to step behind the waterfall and, and just imagine there being a little corner where you where you can watch the water going down without that it's actually touching your body. 
and you observe your own thoughts. And Eckhart Tolle, for instance, uh, once gave an interview with um, Oprah Winfrey, and they talked about that concept. And it's uh, very interesting to watch because when we are able to observe our thoughts from a certain distance, we become more relaxed. I mean, it's just possible then to say, oh, that's an interesting thought that I have. Why do I have this thought? Where is it coming from? And um, those, those who train people in mindfulness, they say, you are not your body. You're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. You're consciousness. And consciousness is actually the space where thoughts come and disappear. And then a new thought comes and disappears. And a new, a new feeling comes and disappears. And one of the, one of the funny uh, exercises is when, when you ask yourself, what will be my next thought? You know, and then you basically stop and watch. And usually it's somebody saying something and then that is your next thought because our brain then copies that thought. Um, or it's, it's, it's something very basic. It's like, oh, I'm hungry and, or, or I should do that. So um, yes, mindfulness is, uh, is very important for the peace movement. And as we look at this and, and try to step back and to be mindful of not just our present uh, conscious circumstances and even maybe tr try to dial into our unconscious mind more to to have a little bit of perspective we can also apply this sort of general idea to looking at how we got to where we are i think and your book does that my own work tries to do that i've worked as a history teacher uh, teaching high school history and i've taught at temple university as well but i taught high school history for a number of years u.s history so i got to go back to the beginning every year of u.s history and you do this also in your book you trace out the beginnings of the u.s and uh when you look back on it, there are you know there are many things going on, and there's many opportunities in the, in North America that lead many people to come over and have a better life uh, than they had in the old world. And there are, but there's always a dark side to this of you know genocide and uh, imperialism expansion across the continent at first. Uh, this was the U.S. from the beginning. Was is it just this? The fact that it is the original sin of the U.S. that it ha that it began as a quest to get territory and make a make a buck. Uh, I mean, what is how does this how does this history weigh on us in the present? You know, Aaron, I think that that makes this conversation here very valuable. I'm in Europe. I'm a European citizen, and you're in the U.S. You're a U.S. citizen, and if we go back 500 years. Um, it was basically a war-torn Europe where people left in search for the better for a better life because either they were poor or they were oppressed. Uh, religious freedoms, uh, uh, for instance, uh, uh, were not here. We had we had a lot of problems here in Europe. It has to be said like that. Of course, there were some who said, "I want to make money," and others who said, "I'm just an adventurous guy. I want to cross. Uh, I will want to cross the Atlantic and see where I get, you know. So, you know, there were many different motives, and the the US, as we as it exists today, is obviously very very closely linked to the European civilization, um, and 
So it was this European civilization which went across the Atlantic. And that's why we don't have, you know, the language of the Apache or of the Sioux who are today dominant in the US. We, we have a European language, which is English. Or if we go down south, we don't have uh, the languages of, of the Aztecs or of the Mayas. No, we have European languages. We have Spanish and we have Portuguese languages. So, so or in Canada, we have some French <laughs> in Quebec, which is again a European language. So in my book, I I I I wrote this for beginners, you know, for 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 fifteen year old students or maybe twenty year old students who say, why do pe people speak French in in Quebec and and why do they speak English in in New York and San Francisco? And I said, well, you know, basically because it's the Europeans um, who 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 try to colonize uh, the entire world, and. Then when I take you from there, the early settlers and everything, um, I come back to that principle of human family. They didn't think of, of the Native Americans as a human family. They thought they were um, less worthy, basically, that they were, uh, it, was, it, was a right, it was a right thing to kill them. And they were Europeans in North America. And then at one point, and that is the interesting thing, is where the settlers obviously revolted against the British Empire. And, uh, oh, I know you know it, and I know it, and for us it seems obvious, but m many young readers really don't know it, that it was a revolution against against the British Empire, which which really, really created the United States. And that, that's why I wrote the book, for, for beginners and also advanced uh, students of international history who, who want to see behind the scenes. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.